0: Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from HarperCollins, presenting The Angel of Rome by Jess Walter, a stunning collection of tender and brilliant stories about the moments when life changes you, for the better or the worse. It just keeps happening, Rome, over and over, the city reinventing itself for each new generation, and us too, I suppose, if we have the courage and the people to show us the way. That's Eduardo Ballerini reading from The Angel of Rome, the latest story collection by best-selling author Jess Walter. A starred Kirkus Review says that you should prepare for delight. And you should. The Angel of Rome by National Book Award finalist Jess Walter. Available now wherever books or audiobooks are sold. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And we are at Tiffany's house. Again.
1: Again. <laughs> Still.
0: <laughs> Still in the outskirts of Rome. And today we're going to talk about the realities of taking a car trip across Europe, which is uh, if you're just joining us, the way I got to Rome this particular time was that I flew into Berlin, and then I drove from Berlin to Prague, and then from Prague back into Germany to Fussen, and then... Which
1: is in the south, in the Bavaria, if you're
0: not familiar. Yes, and then across Austria into Switzerland, and then into northern Italy, down to the Italian Lake District, over to the Italian Riviera, and then into Rome. Wow. That's a lot. That's impressive. Yeah. And it's funny too. Uh, it was a lot of driving, but it also, my mother actually, when we were going from the Riviera to Rome, she said, well, where are you going to stay tonight on the way? And I said, well, it's actually not that far. On the map, it looks so far, but, I'm, but you know, in reality, it's just about five hours. It's not like I'm driving halfway across the United States. So the, when you look at the European map, sometimes the distances are a little bit misleading Mm -hmm. versus the reality but anyway of course there are joys and there are complications when you decide to do such a thing and so we thought we'd talk about this now have you ever taken a road trip across multiple countries um i don't think so i think
1: we've done uh, we've definitely driven around germany but i don't think we've ever crossed international borders in a car I really don't think so. I could be wrong, but nothing is coming to mind, so I'm gonna say no.
0: Okay, okay. And we, I've done it a little bit before on your, actually on the way to your wedding. Uh, I drove from Portugal across Spain, and then I actually can't remember, how did I get to Rome from there? But I did do a road trip part in Spain, but that's all within Spain. So this is the first time I've jumped, and in one day actually jumped through four countries. Yes,
1: did you make any stops in Austria and Switzerland?
0: Not really. I mean, not beyond, like, stopping to get a snack or stopping to go to the bathroom. But, no, we didn't stop otherwise. So here's a question for you. And this is a totally personal opinion
1: type thing. And people see this differently. If you drive through a country and maybe, even if you stop, like, to go to the bathroom or grab a sandwich at the, like, auto grill, do you count that in your list of countries that you've been to?
0: Yes. I do because, I mean... I've seen a lot of Switzerland now <laughs> like I I drove through Switzerland for almost a whole day
1: you know oh, I didn't realize
0: Switzerland was that big well it's very windy the roads were very complicated there was one I told Derek one of my favorite moments of the trip was when we were coming out of a mountain and we were on this switchback road which was so tight like where you're going one way and then angling completely backwards the other way and then completely backwards like almost like a yeah almost like a, a seesaw but with your car and there's huge trucks coming up it it was it was really a feat of engineering whoever put this road in there and also you know a real challenge to drive but I mean I feel like I got a really good sense of At least the part of the country we were in,
1: you know? Okay, well, that means I've technically been in Bosnia. I can count it.
0: Yeah, there you
1: go. I I wasn't driving. I was on a bus, and I was with our mutual friend, Suzanne. Mm -hmm. And we drove through Croatia, okay? But there's this tiny, tiny little bit of Bosnia. Just this, like, tiny little strip that comes out and meets the sea. And it sort of divides Croatia in half sort of. And then it continues and it's Croatia again. And we had to drive through that s- little spot. And we actually stopped there. And we almost missed our bus. Like we were running for the bus. We're like, oh my, we're taking pictures. Oh my God. So I guess I can say I've been in Bosnia, although it was a tiny, tiny little strip. It wasn't a big, long country.
0: I feel like you have to decide what feels true to you. You know, <laughs> like I can say I've been in China, but I've never been outside of the Hong Kong airport. You know, yeah, that's
1: the same for me in, uh, the United Arab Emirates. I've been to the airport and also Iceland, but I I don't count those on my list of countries that I've been to.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. So here's the thing, there's always these things that you don't really suspect. So number one, even just renting a car when you're abroad is a little bit of a complication. Um, We were renting it in German. Luckily people, um, usually at least I found that they often can speak some English at these car rental companies. Renting a car in Germany was a way easier proposition than renting a car in Italy. (laughs) I have to say like we rented um, when we lived here, we rented a car and uh, did a road trip and i mean i felt like we were standing at the car rental company desk for an hour and you like and you're oh just like what are they doing you know you're, they're just like <laughs> typing, <laughs> typing, <laughs> typing typing typing, <laughs> and they're speaking very little english so you're like i kind of don't know what i'm agreeing to here i'm trying to like channel what do i know about renting a car in another country just say no to everything they uh, they offer, or like yeah. they ask you about um so it was way easier in germany but luckily one of Derek's friends in Germany had told us that when we are driving across these different countries, some of them required something called a vignette and some of them did not. I don't think we would have known that. So mm-hmm. vignette is basically like when you cross the border into Austria, for instance, you need a sticker. or, or Let's say the Czech Republic, because that was the first one we did. You need a sticker that you, have, that you put on the car that you pay for that basically I think it was like 20 euros that says I have paid to legally be driving on these roads and you stick it up in the corner of your car if you don't have it I guess you can be fined like quite a bit of money and I think it takes I don't know for sure but I think it takes the place of tolls so like once you get into Italy you're told constantly Mm. like anytime you're on a major road expect to have tolls happen to you I can even play the sound of the (laughs) toll woman should I play it okay I'll put it in here she is. I got so used to her voice. Introdurre il denaro o la tessera.
1: Prego attendere. Validazione in corso.
0: Ritirare la tessera. Arrivederci.
1: So strange how the same woman is at every
0: single place. I know oh, she's, everywhere. <laughs> she's everywhere. She's everywhere. So, yeah, so we learned that that you had to get these vignettes. And then, so we got one for the Czech Republic. We we didn't need one in Germany, probably because the car was German. The car had a German license plate. Then we did need one to go across Austria, which we were barely in. So you're like, I guess we'll buy one, you know? But, okay, (laughs) stuck it up there. We needed it for an hour, then didn't need it anymore. And then we were... Entering Switzerland, we were trying to figure out whether or not we needed a vignette, right? This was one of the only arguments we got in during the trip. There are a whole bunch of guards standing on the border as we're going into Switzerland. And they are rolled down the window, and they say, where are you going? And I say, we're going to Italy. You know, there's some confusion because we're not really all speaking the same language, and I just said, the vignette, question mark? Mm -hmm. Like, is this a thing? And he says, on your left. And I can see a sign up above that is selling a vignette, like a store that's selling a vignette. Derek thinks we need to take a hard left back to their station to get it there. I'm arguing that no, it's this cafe straight ahead of us. That's where we're supposed to buy it. Either way, we've now pulled off the road to try to figure out where the heck this vignette is. Eventually, we end up coming back around the corner going back by the guards again because now we're like, we can't get to either spot where we think the vignette is being sold. <laughs> And a different guard is standing there. And he says, where are you going? <laughs> and we say, we're going to Italy. And I said, do we need a vignette? And he said, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, at the very least, because of our argument and our confusion, we didn't end up having to pay the 20 euros. So we felt pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very good. Uh, so we didn't need one in, in uh, Switzerland. But it's like little things like that where you're just... Is it tra- something that you only need if it's a rental car? Or do you need it for any car, even if it's your own car? My guess is that maybe it's something when you renew your license, or when you renew your license plate or something, they just send a new one to you for every year, kind of like car tabs in the US would be. The one we bought, like in the Czech Republic, it was just a printed out piece of paper that we had in the car and then they entered into the system our license plate saying we had paid. In Austria, it was an actual sticker that was punched saying the month, you know, what month it was valid, so. So I have a question. How did you wrangle
1: picking up your car in Germany and leaving it in Italy? I feel like that in and of itself must have
0: been so complicated and expensive. It was ridiculously expensive. When we were planning this trip, we found a rental car company that said that it would charge us thirty euros a day. We were like, "Well, that seems pretty reasonable." So we said, "Yeah," and we booked tickets based on that, and then. Of course, mm-hmm. note to the wise, if you're planning to do this, they charged us so much to drop it off at a different location from where we picked it up that, Did I mean, you know, I... Did that
1: information before you signed the
0: contract or made the agreement? I mean, we'd already bought the plane tickets. Oh, yeah. That was our problem. And so we kind of were now locked into no choice. We were either going to have to take trains or we were going to have to just suck it up and find a rental car company. I was joking with Derek that we should just buy a beater car and try to sell it to some dude in Rome. How much
1: was it? We're like,
0: we need to know. It was over a grand. Oh, my
1: gosh. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I know Derek did a lot of extra digging to try to bring that number down, but it was a lot. It was a lot of money. And also, a note to those of you who are planning on either renting a car or dropping it off in Rome. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Dropping a car off in Rome is, like, the most terrifying moments of your driving life I I don't know driving in Germany was so beautifully civilized (laughs) orderly the scenery was really nice there was a joke actually I have you ever driven in Germany you said you had Uh, right
1: I mean I think Claudio probably drove I'm sure that our car was a stick shift so I didn't drive it do you remember that the only place I've ever driven a car besides Italy that's in Europe is Romania oh I, I can talk about, I mean, just two words. I won't go into the whole story, but I went to Romania with two friends of mine who are Romanian. They're from there, grew up there. They're sisters. And I went to visit them while they were visiting their parents. And we spent some time in Budapest. And then we're like, let's drive to Transylvania and visit the mountains and visit the, the castles. And so we booked a car. I didn't even think about it. I just booked a car. And we went there, and they just looked at me like, okay. And th- they looked at me and I'm like, what? And they're like, we don't know how to drive (laughs) good luck yeah I was like what you don't know how to drive and thankfully they had an automatic car because I was the only one who knew how to drive on that trip and it was a blast but uh Mm -hmm. but yes in Germany I'm sure we had a we had a stick shift car so Claudio drove it
0: so do you remember though from when you were driving in Germany that like at every exit there's a sign that says asphalt (laughs) or something like that I can't that's probably pronounced terribly uh yeah what does that mean exit it means exit (laughs) but uh, derek was telling me a funny story that about a friend of his that was driving in germany as a young person and of course didn't know german and just (laughs) and just said wow that must be the biggest city in all of Germany, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you drive, <laughs> that's the exit, it's go, like the arrows pointing that way, <laughs> that way. Yeah. So where were we? We were talking about the nightmare of turning in a car in Rome.
1: Yes. Yes. That, that's what you're talking about. Nightmare. We, of turning. we had to
0: pause for a second yeah. <laughs> because oh, Aurelia is under the weather. So yeah. we had to do a little pause to check. So maybe we weren't talking about even a road trip. I don't no, know. No. I think but.
1: <laughs> you were talking about how hard it Well, You were talking about how easy it is to drive in Germany. Yeah. And how hard, by comparison, it is to drive in in Rome. Yes, so even in
0: Italy, I mean, Italy on the freeways is not as civilized as Germany. (laughs) Um, But it's not horrific. Uh, Everybody is a little bit driving like they're in a Grand Prix race. (laughs) They do seem to follow speed limits to a certain degree. But they do like a drifting thing between the lanes where it's the person in front of you is like, do I want to get right? Do I want to be left? I haven't decided yet. So I'm going to just drive in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. yep, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Because I don't want to commit. And if I commit to the left, you're going to take over the right. So I'm going to just sort of stay. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. But once you get to Rome, I mean, I've never actually personally driven in Rome because I find the prospect of it so terrifying. So we purposefully stopped outside of Rome and switch places so that I'm not driving anymore, Derek's driving. And it is just, once you hit the city, it is the most stressful 20, 30, 40 minutes, no matter how long it takes you, because you're following, I mean, all along you're following Apple Maps, let's say. And occasionally Google Maps, Apple Maps, they, they don't know these things. They, they don't know, like, if they're directing you into an area that you are not allowed to drive in exactly. at that time of day all the time happens yeah. all the time like because there are certain parts of rome there are certain parts of florence there are certain parts of prague all these places where you can drive occasionally but other times of day if you drive through that area and you're not a cop <laughs> or, or like a you, taxi
1: or a resident of the area like if you're a resident of the area you have to buy the little resident you, know, you have to prove a that you're a resident and then you have to buy the little zone and you stick it in your windshield otherwise if you're not a cab or a bus or you know or a, or a chauffeur of some kind you can't drive there during certain hours. It's a traffic-limited
0: zone, and yeah. Yeah, and so <laughs> as you're turning left, you see the sign, and you're like, oh, no, you know. It's <laughs> something you're, like, veering right back into traffic, and people are honking at you, and then you're like, oh, I have no idea now where to go, and we even know you are "If You're like, okay, if we can't turn that direction, you know, you're just, like, searching your mental map, like, how do I even get over there? Yeah, like, how? Apple Maps is like, turn around, proceed to the route, proceed <laughs> to the route, turn around. And I'm like, no, I can't go that way. Give me an alternative. I can't proceed to this route. And so you're searching your mind, like, okay, w- w- let's see. I-, I need, Termini's way over there. I'm way over on the other side of the river. Like, how am I gonna get, a- maybe if I take a right here, it will redirect me in some other way. The roads in Rome, there are major roads in Rome, thanks to Mussolini and others, where they made big, wide roads. But there are so many little roads in Rome that are just these tiny, creaky little roads. And you end up on those and there's tourists flying at you and motorbikes and scooters and other cars and everything. It just feels like everything is flying at the car and from every direction. You will know this because you drive in Rome all the time. And then you have to find a gas station Mm -hmm. because you're returning a rental car. Right. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to the gas station that's the very closest to where the rental car thing return is, but it's like a postage stamp on the side of the road with one guy with like one pump or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And he knows, he knows, he sees this all the time. Like he's the number one stop, (laughs) you know, for the rental car people. And then, okay, at least we were like, okay, well at least we know where to return the car. We've returned a car to Rome before. We drive over to where the car return used to be. It's not there. Oh, no. So then we're like, okay, where are the instructions? You're trying to get the email out. Oh, oh my gosh, where are we supposed to go? And it's like, follow the sixth signs. I mean, we basically end up doing squares around the block, you know, in this traffic. We finally spot a sixth sign. It's pointing in a direction that definitely is not. Where, and, it, and basically, it's fallen down. Oh, shit. And so it's fallen down, so it's pointing in the wrong direction. And we're like, well, what direction do you think it was one oh bit? Oh, my gosh. This is impossible. We're like, it was probably pointing in that direction. I don't know if this is interesting or not. Finally, we find the garage. Oh, thank God. Home free. We pull into this garage. It's like private parking in one direction, rental car return in the other direction. We turn toward rental car return, and we come to a gate gate is down. It wants some kind of a ticket or a fob. We don't have it. We're returning a car that's from Germany. We're not returning an Italian car. We have no idea. We can't get in this gate. We need to return this car. We can't get in this gate. So I'm jumping out. I'm trying to find anybody. Finally, we find a security guard. He goes off to try to find help. We're pushing the button on the call box. Help us. Help us. Nobody's answering, as you know. Ring, ring, ring. No answer. Finally, somebody answers, and we're like, we're returning a German car to Six. How do we get in this garage? And he lifts the arm for us. Oh and we return it. There's nobody there, you know. So we, as far as we know, we just abandon the car, threw the <laughs> keys in the lockbox, and hopefully it's okay. Like, I don't know. I haven't received an email yet. But, I, I mean, every single time I return a car in Rome, it's, the same, it's some version of that. Yikes. It's not always that bad, but it's always bad.
1: Yeah, those stories are, those are the stories that make you, like, not want to travel, you know, just be like, oh, I can't, I can't do this again, I can't put myself through this. I
0: know, because it is, it's so, it's those little things, those little things. it's irritating. I think
1: those, those moments are so stressful, and, and you're like, well, what happens if no one comes? Are we going to have to keep it for an extra day, and how much is that going to cost, and what if we can't get a hold of the person? What if they think we stole it? Like, I mean, you just go down that rabbit hole.
0: Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I'm curious
1: what you found in regards to the difference in gas prices from country to country and also compared to the U.S.
0: You know, honestly, I didn't really notice too much of a difference between the countries, although I wasn't really tracking it that well, to be honest. I mean, we were sort of, it it was expensive. (laughs) I mean, gas is expensive for everyone right now. The other things that are expensive that you don't, maybe you do think about what you don't think about is like you're driving to Prague but then you're staying in Prague for three days. Where are you putting that car? Yeah, you have to pay for
1: parking and you're paying daily for that car that you're probably not using when you're in the center of Prague. (laughs) Exactly.
0: So here's what I will say. It was wonderful in the sense that we got to go to a variety of places that we probably wouldn't have been able to go in the same amount of short period of time. We got to do the Lake District, like the place we stayed in the Lake District which was a little tiny town called Nesso that was like on a cliff. There would have been no way to get there if you didn't have a car, so we wouldn't have gotten to see it. Oh, another thing I really loved was driving through Switzerland and entering Italy. It was so distinctly different once you crossed the border, not just the smell of Italy, but the vegetation changed almost Mm -hmm. immediately the vibe changed almost immediately, and I don't—I love knowing there was that distinct a change between the two countries, and I would never have known that if i had never driven from mm-hmm. one into the other. Um, it really made me appreciate how unique Italy is, because it immediately feels distinctly different the moment you set foot into it. But I will make one final comment. As you know, part of the reason we decided to do a car trip rather mm-hmm. than take a train, was because of COVID (laughs) and we thought, well, if we're in a car together, then we won't have to be wearing masks for hours on end on trains. It'll just be so much more pleasant. Well, if you've been listening along with our journey through Rome on this podcast, you know that I got COVID (laughs) during this trip and what could have been a beautiful drive, once you know, becomes now you're two people stuck in a car together for hours and hours and hours, and one of them has COVID and one of them does not. And so what do you have to do? You go out and wear a mask Aww. for hours and hours and hours, and have all the windows down. And so what kind of was like, what we considered would be a beautiful ideal <laughs> of us motoring together and chatting along became me having to wear a mask for six hours or whatever, however long we were driving that day. But on the other hand,
1: if you had decided to book trains and you'd gotten COVID anyway, which you, you know, yeah. you w- what would you have done? You wouldn't have been able to take the train if you'd had COVID.
0: Yeah, I know. It's all, it's like this double-edged sword because it's also good. Like yeah. in that way, the only person who was exposed to me was Derek. Mm-hmm. And he had to be exposed to me anyway. He was sharing hotel rooms with me. <laughs> so there was no way around that. Although it's interesting. in when I got it, the first place I realized I had it was in the Lake District. And that... Place happened to have two bedrooms which was like such a boon you right. know so we each just slept in separate rooms yes. and the second place the second hotel um, on the Riviera there weren't two rooms but there was a kind of an alcove hallway and the bed just happened to be made up of two twin mattresses okay. and so we dragged one of the mattresses into the alcove hallway and had the other one by the open door to the patio so the air could be blowing in and then Derek slept in the hall with the door closed and like the bathroom window open so he gets a bunch of ventilation this way I mean so
1: far so good I mean it's been you've been recovered now I mean you had COVID for what 10 days you've been recovered for four or so and he's still not testing negative
0: he's still testing negative yeah it worked out it worked out but it was not without its hassles for sure and, and one last comment when it comes to um, driving in Italy, and we've talked about this before, but the auto grills, the only thing on the side of the road. I mean, the U.S. is plagued with fast food and hideous things on the side of all of our highways. But at least there's variety. At least there's variety. And you don't feel like, oh, the variety of the United States strip mall is so beautiful until you're in Italy, and the only thing on the side of the freeway is the auto grill and the auto grill is just, I don't know, it's like this, it's, it is a place where you can go to the bathroom. But it's these exactly almost the same stores where they basically trap you. Like if you want to go to the bathroom, you've got to wind your way through toys and coffee and sandwiches. You know, it's, it must be a nightmare as a parent.
1: Yes. And you have to wonder, especially knowing Italy. You have to wonder, like, what mafia deal was forged in order for one company to have the monopoly on every single rest stop in the entire country?
0: It is I very impressive. Sound isn't
1: on. Okay, I'll fix it. You sit here for just one second.
0: No, I'm All right. Uh, well, Aurelio needs help with his audio sound. <laughs> <laughs> and homework. And okay, his okay, homework. It's time to do some homework. And so, and plus, you know. Let's not relive all the stress of driving. Overall, it was very beautiful, and I can send you some pictures to post on social media of what it looks like to drive through Switzerland, through parts of Austria, through parts of Germany. Such beautiful spots. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just look for the Bittersweet Life podcast, and you can see images from these places. And until next time, this is the Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Barks. Join us again. Bye. The Bittersweet Life is produced and edited by me, Katie Sewell. My co-host is Tiffany Parks. If Rome is in your travel plans, be sure to arrange a historical tour with Tiffany. To set it up, send us a note through the Contact Us page at thebittersweetlife.net. Also, you could sponsor this show and reach thousands of engaged thinkers and travel lovers all over the world. Send us a note at thebittersweetlife.net to get the conversation started. Our logo is designed by Jody Rick at The Lost Laboratory, web help from Drew Atkins. And this show continues when listeners support it. Tell a friend to subscribe, write us a review, and like you would with any other art you appreciate, tip your podcaster. Don't steal the tea. Find ways to toss a donation in the hat at thebittersweetlife.net. Thank you. And thanks for spending the summer in Rome with us.